This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is a fantastic edition of, I almost said the wrong cast name, <laughs> Hawkside Guns. <laughs> Worst part is I was thinking the same thing you were. <laughs> and I'm not even on that cast. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, we're on that cast today. <laughs> this is fantastic, guys. Uh, but we uh, we do have a, uh, a cast in store for you. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, and I can't imagine most of you have, but uh, we actually got a couple of questions, uh, one of which was uh, pretty easy to deal with, and the other one um, not as easy to, <laughs> to deal with. Uh, but, uh, one of them was, uh, we got a question on the website from, uh, Lisa asking, uh, she had a, she bought a Crossman 1300 at a garage sale and asked like, what kind of pellets do I need for this? And I'm like, okay, cool. It's super easy. You can I'm look glad on you th- answered that because I'm not a pellet gun person. I would, my answer would have been shit. Your guess is good as mine. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's either 22 cal or 1.77 cal, uh, and it'll say on the side of the barrel uh, which one it is, and the pellets are largely available. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them at Amazon. You can get them almost anywhere. Uh, the Crossman 1300 came in either caliber, uh, 22 or 177. Uh, 177 is a little bit more common, but 22, uh, the older it is, 22 was uh, also just as common. And uh, you can do that. I would also suggest that since they haven't made that gun in forever, uh, since I was a kid, really, um, you should probably test that before you give it to anybody. I know she bought it at a garage sale because she was uh, going to get it for, I think, a nephew or something like that. And um, honestly, you probably ought to test that. I sent her a video on how to do that as well. And uh, I... uh, Man. Does it work kind of like a BB gun, or you just kind of like pump it to get a little bit of air pressure in it? To yeah, it and pull yeah, through? no. A Crossman thirteen hundred is exactly like that. It's a pistol. It's a it's a pneumatic uh, pistol air gun, and uh, you just put the pellet in. It's one shot at a time. It's not like the old Red Riders things where you have seven thousand BBs rolling around in a tube. Um, you put one pellet in, close the chamber. The if you miss. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but you put one BB in, pump it up uh, up to ten times, I think, uh, if your pneumatic seals are still good, and uh, you can get that sucker coming out of there at a pretty good velocity and and do some cool stuff with it. Uh, it's not nearly as powerful as some of the uh, spring loaded or spring action pellet guns that they have today. Uh, some of those suckers can come out of there supersonic. Uh, not even kidding about that. Uh, I have one. And uh, they can get a 177 pellet coming out of there at supersonic speeds uh, with some of the break, ap- uh, break action spring-loaded uh, guns that they have today. Uh, now, those rifles, but still, same difference. Um, but uh, that was pretty cool. The uh, the other question we got, uh, so thank you, Lisa, for, for contacting the site. I think that one came over the site. Um, but... We did have something else, and uh, we have I, I have redone the site here, I guess, earlier this year, 
and then uh, redid our contact information because I didn't want to pay $150 a year for the Hawkside Gun email. I cut that off a couple <laughs> of years ago. Gmail. And so I made a Gmail address. So uh, if you guys want to contact the show, it is hawkseyeguns at gmail.com. And I changed that uh, the other day, so I get that email address. And we actually, within, I don't know, like a week of me changing that, uh, we actually got a question. Which is one that I is near and dear to my heart because I spent years figuring it out for myself. Okay, I'm I'm going to uh, leave out the person's name just because I don't know if they want us to. Yeah, I didn't throw it ask either, but the, yeah. Um, so it says, "Hey guys, uh, what do you guys conceal carry and why? And what would you recommend for selecting a first timer concealed carry?" I know there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, to quote an operator phrase from another cast, "Love the show." Name. Uh, so. Here's the thing. Uh, we'll we'll start off with the uh, easiest well, I, question. I th I think Sean and I are probably going to have the same answer to this, which is I don't think is going to be satisfactory to the person to the person who sent the email, because I'm going to make a guess that that both of us are going to say we can tell you what our carries are, and we probably are both going to and just discuss them with love and affection but the answer is going to some extent be you got to figure that out for yourself well largely that's true i mean that's the short answer but let me tell you why that's the short answer and then we'll kind of expand uh the the carry guns are easy uh i've carried four guns in the last three years two and a half three years uh since the pandemic maybe a little bit before uh, I did some concealed carry. Since the pandemic, I've done a lot more. Uh, and, I've been, and I've been carrying for probably about two to three years prior to the pandemic. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years now. Uh, of course, in my state, uh, which is Texas, they have constitutional carry now. Uh, but and, and, and in my state, too, you can open carry uh, in most places. Uh, but uh, concealed carry does require a permit and a license. So uh, I carry a Beretta Cheetah 85F, uh, which I searched for for a very long time. Uh, I started off carrying a number of guns. I, I had a, a, a Bursa. Uh, I had a Taurus Spectrum. Uh, for a very brief time, I had a Beretta 92. Um, Did you actually try carrying that, though? I carried it for about three days. Uh, <laughs> I carried a uh, Security 9. Uh, I had that for, for a little while, and I, I, I carried that. That was a little bit better. Um, what? Here's here's the, the, the thing I will tell you, and this is a little bit embarrassing. It took me a year and a half to figure out that I want to several things in a carry gun, but one of the biggest things is I will not carry a gun loaded with one in the pipe without a manual external safety. Now, I used to carry a concealed and, and you know, a lot of people were like, wow, Sean, you don't carry one in the pipe. And I'm like, it doesn't have a safety, you know, like, but I couldn't say that sense. Like, I didn't understand why I was so panicked about it, but that's what it turned out to be. And it took me a year and a half to figure out that that's why I was 
so hesitant to carry one in the chamber was it didn't have an external manual safety, right? It had a safety. I mean, like, they had trigger safeties, and, you know, they had internal safeties, you know, like a, like Glock style or, you know, something like that. I want an external manual safety to carry on my hip if I have one in the chamber. So the Beretta met all of those well, well, it, for me. Ex- explain that to why, because I go in the opposite direction of that one. So for, for the sake of... Uh, the email writer, uh, explain why it is that you want a manual safety. Because um, the theory that I kind of go on is the fact that the it, I carry in a Kydex holster in my waistband, so the trigger is not by no means accessible until I draw. So, totally get it. So yep. no, no, but so I'm, and I'm not telling you that you're wrong. What I'm saying is, is explain your reasoning. My reasoning is uh, twofold. One, it is a, uh, for all intents and purposes, the the first thing is is a measure of comfort for me. I know the dang thing isn't going to go off, no matter what happens. I fall down, the Kydex breaks, if you know, falls out of the holster, whatever it is, uh, it's not going to go off with an external manual safety activated. Um, the second thing is a draw. Now. To quote Raylan Givens. <laughs> I already know the quote. A lot can go wrong with a draw. Uh, one of those things, and you see it all the time, and I've seen videos of it and all that kind of thing, is under stress, a lot of things can happen at once. And I do not practice drawing like an old West gunslinger does or something like that. I also do not open carry. So there is, there's a lot that has to go on to get that thing clear of the holster. And one of the things that brings me a peace of mind is I want to make sure that I have it clear of my body before the thing is hot. Now I have on my particular gun, it is very easy. And I practice this all the time is flicking that safety off when I'm ready to go. Um, I practice drawing and I do practice concealed draw. I, I practice all kinds of stuff with that gun. Um, and it is, it takes no additional time. It is an additional step. I will totally grant you that, but it is an additional step that takes me. I have, I've timed it both ways. It takes me no additional time to flick off that safety and make it hot after it's cleared the holster. Oh, I would agree with you, but I also agree with you the fact that whatever motion that you're going to be using, you have to develop the, mus- the muscle memory. Yes, it. absolutely. 100%. You have to practice. You have to develop that muscle memory. You have to practice whatever your draw is going to be with a, whatever that gun is. You need to practice that. That is the one that I practice. It is the one that makes me feel safer. Uh, Shannon completely disagrees with me. She likes a Glock style, for lack of a better term, uh, trigger safety or internal safety uh, that is uh, a, a lot more streamlined. That is not my preference, and that's all it is. I'll be honest with you. That's all it is. It's a preference. Well, you'll have two arguments, and you're, you're correct. It comes down to preference. You have the argument that you just made. The other argument that people will make, because if we and we've talked about this on this cast before, if you walk into a group of people who are all firearms nuts and you make a blanket statement like all firearms should have a manual safety, that is you will start an argument. That is that is an argument worthy thing right there. 
Okay. So, I mean, it got, it, God forbid you tell somebody that your caliber is better than theirs. I mean, God forbid. <laughs> um, but the, the argument on the other end of that is, is the fact that it's another mechanism to go wrong. Uh, it, it, and there's a lot of arguments for this stuff, right? Oh, no, but you can, it's, it's one of those things, which is why I, I said at the beginning of this, that the answer at the end of this may end up being somewhat unsatisfactory because there are six million arguments for each direction that you might go on one of these things. Um, I mean, everything from the argument of whether or not you carry a full-sized uh, firearm or a micro-compact for your concealed carry. Uh, it, what brand do you do you prefer? What's, you know, what caliber? No, and, and once again, God forbid, what caliber? Oh, do you God. Prefer? Yeah, that's, I honestly think that is the worst gun argument you can. You're well, ever going to get into his well, caliber. Then, then, then throw this one out there too, because uh, you, what you basically told, told us is that you have carried uh, three 380s and two nine millimeters at some point in time or the other. And Correct. It sounds like you settled in on the 380 caliber. Uh, is why? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, one, it's smaller, generally. Two, it's lighter. Um. And you're going to laugh because you know the gun I have it in, which is an abnormally large 380, and it's also completely metal framed, so it's exceedingly heavy. Uh, basically, what uh, if, you, if you've never seen one, the Beretta Cheetah is, for all intents and purposes, a scaled-down Beretta 92FS. That's exactly what it is, okay? Uh, my particular and, and version. And I'm gonna, if, if you're not aware, uh, listeners, the Beretta 92 FS, if you think about the Beretta pistol that was carried by about every action hero in the 1980s and early 90s, that's the Beretta. That's the Beretta, okay? The Cheetah is a scaled-down version of that. And it's got all the same control surfaces. It's just smaller. And... I loved, I came close. When I when I got the Beretta 92, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. My problem was I didn't like it in a 9mm, and I wanted it smaller so I could conceal carry it. And the Cheetah is exactly that. And I loved the the way it controlled. I loved the way it shot. I'm as accurate as I am with any pistol that I've ever had. I'm accurate with that. I can shoot it. One. That's... That's the first thing. Two, I'm very comfortable with the way it's laid out as far as the controls. It has a, man, it has a manual external safety. That's another thing. Um, here's where it starts to get specific to the Cheetah. Um, the Cheetah has, near as makes no difference, a 4-inch tube. Okay, Most of the 380 ammo velocities on the box are written at 3.25 or 3.5 as far as the barrel length. I have an extra half to three-quarter inch barrel length uh, on this gun. Which, for once again, those who don't know, makes the bullet go faster. It's a little, it's a little faster, which means my 380s are stepping out of there at low 9-millimeter velocity or, or, or non-plus P or you know, plus ammunition 9-millimeter speeds. Okay, the velocity is very reminiscent of a nine millimeter, even though I'm only shooting three eighty. Uh, hot three eighties is is really what I like to call them, and I'm shooting pretty hot three eighty out of there. 
So it's stepping out of there at 9mm speed. So I get all the things that I wanted out of a 9mm, but I get it in a Beretta or a, a 380 size. And I get the 92 shrunk down, which to me means it's very accurate. I understand, like, I can, I don't even have to look at it. I know exactly what's happening with the weapon, which is what you're supposed to do, okay? Um, it does not jam. It does not, because it's a Beretta, and it's a time-tested Beretta, it does not jam, it does not break. It has a completely open top, which means I don't stovepipe. I don't even have the, the possibility of doing that, really. Um, it is a very, very reliable weapon system, and I am as accurate with it as I am with any other handgun. So that's why I chose those. Um, for me, that is what I would prefer, and that's what I choose, and it's what I've carried for, God, uh, about the last year, almost the last year, almost a year. I, w I won't carry anything else concealed anymore. It's That's my gun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of why I chose what I chose. And it's again, specific to where I am and what I shoot and my experience and my, um, choices and, and the, uh, comfort level that I have with the weapons that I've handled. So, which is completely unique to every person. So like, I'm going to ask Jake this question in a second and you're going to get a completely different answer. So oh, Jake, yeah. what do you shoot and why? Uh, well, my carry gun is uh, a Sig Sauer, um, and it is customized, which you can do very easily with a Sig Sauer, uh, which means that the model number is a P365. Uh, I use a extended grip on it so that I can get a few extra rounds in there. Uh, and then I use a slide that they refer to as an SAS or um, Sig Anti-Snag slide. And the reason why I do that with that slide is because the sights are different. Um, I'm old. I'm uh, pushing 50 years old at this point in life. And I, I wear progressive lenses in my glasses. Uh, the idea, once again, in practicing draw, part of the other thing that you're practicing is getting the proper sight alignment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the things I figured out is, is that though I can get a pair of iron sights in the right place at some point, it's not going to happen quickly. <laughs> so the anti-snag thing has a um, a special sight from a company called Mepro Light, uh, and it's recessed into the slide so that it doesn't snag. Though I'm less worried about that. But rather than trying to line up three uh, a set of three dot sights, it's basically a single circle with a dot in the middle of it. If you can see the circle and the dot, you are on target. Uh, and that's kind of what I what I have and carry now. It took me a while to get there, though, because I went for years and it's actually I mean, it's it's been a running joke on this podcast. It's been a running joke with my brother, especially um, <laughs> that I, I go through firearms like water. And it literally took me years to settle on this firearm specifically. Um, I've started I've tried different brands. Uh, when I first started this, I, I went ahead and got a my the first firearm I bought was a Sig Sauer P320. Um, at the at the recommendation of a friend that they were doing what they were recommending to me was a uh, a 229, which was also a, a fine whole, gun. 
which it is, but a whole lot more money than I was trying to spend at the time. Also a very expensive fine gun, but yes, <laughs> yes it's a fine gun. <laughs> uh, so I bought the P320, which is a striker fire firearm ver- and a polymer firearm versus the all-metal hammer fire firearm that the 229 is. And then somewhere along the line, I started watching YouTube. And I suddenly came up with the idea that I had, because it was awesome in the best, to have a Glock. We're going to talk a lot about that here in a second, but keep going. Okay. Uh, what I quickly found out is uh, I have what are, you know, not necessarily like one of those things where I don't look abnormal when you look at me, but I've got goofy shaped hands. I've got really big palms, but really short and stubby fingers. And a Glock does not fit my hand in any way, shape, or form. And I tried to make it fit my hand for the longest time. And I couldn't hit shit with that thing. Um, I tried the, uh, as far as a carry gun, I tried the Glock 43, which was the sing- little single stack micro compact that they had for a period of time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't hit anything with it. I tried, uh, I, I, at one point I went and got a 45. I tried the Glock 30, which was even worse because it's a brick of a gun. And even though it actually fires very nicely for a 45, once again, I can't get my fingers around the damn grip. Um, I, for a period of time, tried a um, uh, an H&K VP9, and I made one of the worst mistakes of my life. I had bought a huge box of ammunition from Walmart, and whoever manufactured the ammunition, Federal, I think, had thrown in a bunch of 380 into their 9mm box. <laughs> and another running joke was is that I spent a year picking 380 out of my ammo box, and what I had thought was that this uh, H&K VP9 was finicky as far as the <laughs> ammunition it goes, because somewhere along the line it would not eject some of my uh, my ammo and I was like oh my god I, I you know I'm I'm cheap I'm a cheap bastard this is an expensive gun which if is funny because hit... a VP9 is sorry to interrupt but it's hysterical now because everyone knows who knows anything about HKs that a VP9 is the least fussy gun on the history of the pl- it'll eat anything uh-huh that it's chambered for <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> sorry continue so I got rid of that, and I tried Smith & Wesson for a period of time. And what I've also figured out, very similar to Glock's, is I don't like Smith & Wesson's. Smith & Wesson makes, just like Glock, makes a wonderful firearm. I don't shoot them well. I don't like them. And what I basically ended up circling back around to is Six Hour. Six Hour makes a firearm that fits my hand, is customizable to be what it is that I want it to be, and I started shooting P320s, and then when they came up with the Micro Compact P365, um, I, I, both of them being 9mm firearms, I, I love them. Unfortunately, in the process, what I figured out is that I really, 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 really like expensive firearms. <laughs> no, what you have is you have excellent taste that's what you have you have excellent taste 
So my carry gun is a P365, and what makes, if, if you're not aware, uh, listeners, uh, what makes the Sig Sauer's very, very customizable is whether it's a P365 or a P320, what you're purchasing as being the firearm is nothing but the trigger control unit. That's the firearm. Everything else is changeable. If you want to go through, for example, you want to customize and put a different grip onto your Glock, you you need to go back through the entire um, uh, um, background check process. Yeah, you're done. You, you you're buying a new gun. So, but you don't have to do that with a Sig Sauer. You can try every grip that they have available for the thing till you find the one that works best for you. You can try every slide that they have available till you find the one that works best for you. You can try every barrel length out there until you find the one that works best for you. And so what I've basically have come up with is a P365, which is not what you would buy off the shelf because I put different grips and different slides on it and finally basically come down to what works for me. And it took me years and more money than I'm willing to admit to my wife to get there. (laughs) Oh, I think we can all join you there uh, in that uh, particular club. <laughs> but but the but the problem is, is and I and I figured this out to some extent not only for myself but during the pandemic. Those of you who don't know, I spent the pandemic working at a gun store, and one of the things that I very quickly learned is that what works for me, what works for Sean, and what works for you are not necessarily in any way, shape, or form going to be the same thing. Sean prefers a hammer fire firearm. I do. I prefer, I prefer a striker fire firearm. I also Sean, prefer, Sean yep. prefers a metal firearm. Yep. I prefer a polymer one. Sean prefers a uh, decorative firearm. I prefer one that looks a little bit more tactical. Well, the cheetah is, my cheetah is not decorative, all right? It's the only blacked out gun I own, but it is blacked out, all right? Uh, Sean prefers 380. I've tried um, most of the different handgun calibers out there, and I prefer a 9mm. It's just what works well for me. What works well for you, dear listener, is not necessarily going to be the same thing. So, unfortunately, the only way to figure this out is to try them out. And that really comes back to our point. You know, like, it took me years. And there were even guns I didn't mention there. Like, there was a Bursa. There was a... We we, we won't talk about Springfield. the, The Grip Zone... Uh, there was a, there was because it was that fucking XD. Um, there was, there wait, was how many? Wait a minute! How many times in the midst of us doing this podcast have each of us talked the other one out of buying that XD? Oh, at least three or four. <laughs> the problem, and dear listener, the problem with the Springfield, especially that Springfield XD, is it looks super cool. Okay, it re, it really does. Just, just don't. Okay, <laughs> trust us. Don't. Like both of us have done it. Just don't. Like, because every time you put your hands on it, you're like, oh, I really, really, really want to like one of those XDs. It just hasn't worked. Oh, God, it's got such a freaking high bore axis, and it's just, it's just so unwieldy when you shoot it. You're just like, oh, I hate this, but God, it looks so good. Anyway, don't fall for the Springfield thing. Um, but it took, like, I had a Walther in there. Um, I tried the uh, uh, the Walther CCPM2, uh, which uh, my hey, wife hey, stole. I tr- hey, I tried the PPK. 
Yeah. Which which is probably the 380 with the worst recoil. Oh man, on it's the got face to the earth. Awful recoil. That, that thing will slide bite you like hell. It's got recoil for, like crazy. The problem is I've, people I've had, are really I've, accurate with it. I oh god yes. I've had 45s that are more comfortable to shoot than that one was. Oh yeah. Oh god yeah. No, it's it, well my Bursa kind of had the same problem. Only the problem was up until I had the Cheetah, the Bursa was the most accurate firearm I ever shot as far as pistols go because it's yes. a PPK basically it's a PPK clump. Yeah, and it's got the uh the, the solid attached to the frame barrel. Yeah, the exact same thing which just snaps up all the time. The 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 thing about it is though it really is accurate. <laughs> Because it's got slide I, I bite, it's admit, got jump. I, I will admit that that PPK is probably the most accurate firearm I ever shot. Um, it, it was up until my Cheetah. Uh, other than that, yes, I would say that the Bursa is is the number two for me. Because um, it's uh, the PPK, you can say a lot about it. And the, that's the reason people still do it, other than the fact that it's a James Bond gun. It's wildly accurate. And it's really annoying that it is, because it's terrible to shoot. However... Um, all this to say that there's, I, I, my journey and, and, and Jake's journey and all that stuff. They, first of all, there's a couple of things you should, you should take from this one. It took years. I'm not kidding. Years and several guns uh-huh. to go. Oh no, this is it. I like all the things about this. Like I didn't know how important it, the, the biggest feature that I really liked about the Bursa that I really was so sorry I lost in every other gun. Do you know what it was? The safety? Manual decocking. Ooh, yes. Which the cheetah has. You engage the safety, <laughs> it decocks the weapon. Yeah, uh, well, the uh, the um, H&K actually has that where you've got the button on the back. God, it's so smooth. Although it feels like a freaking bomb's going off every time you drop that you're like oh please let this not fire uh it's, it's just pow you're like oh oh that didn't go off okay it's not going to but you feel like it is every time uh-huh it's like slamming a just a just a freaking mallet down but anyway actually, actually a decocker is what got me to my only negligent discharge ever <laughs> which was the time with the uh 2022 um uh, SB2022 from SIG that I was trying to get my thumb over to the decocker and thinks my finger slipped into the uh, guard trigger guard. Yeah. Thankfully, I followed the rules and it was pointing down range, but still, it was kind of like, fuck. <laughs> but the, there's a similar story with this, okay? Several years of, of actually trying and, and training and, and education and learning. Like, it took me a year and a half to say the sentence. I will not carry a firearm with one in the chamber without a manual safety. Now, that is my sentence. It's not, it doesn't have to be anyone else's. But for me, that has to be the way it is because I worry about it without it. And I worry about the draw. And I worry about these other things that I don't need to do if there's an external manual safety. Now, I know when I trust my gun, but others may look at that and go, that may go wrong, or, man, I'll never remember to click that, or, or any number of things. And all of those excuses are valid, or all those thoughts are valid. But, but I guess... That, that also comes up to uh, another thing to basically make sure that people are aware of. Practice. Right. Practice, practice, 
practice. Now, I, I'm unfortunately worried at the moment that though I have one of those laser targets in the house that I, I can make sure that I can shoot that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to a range in a really long time just due to the <laughs> price of ammo, so I wonder whether or not I can still hit anything. But I still practice drawing. I still dry fire. Uh, Absolutely. It, it, it's it's worth it to do that, to develop that muscle memory, because when the time comes that, God forbid, you have to be, to use it. You don't want to think about it. No. You definitely, definitely don't want to make a mistake. So um, be, because that's the other part about it. You, you don't you, you don't show it to anybody under any circumstance. It's a mistake I've made before. Um but made an idiot. I've I've made an idiot out of myself with this process more times than I can count. Um, but you don't. It's not there to be shown. It's not there to threaten anybody. It's there to use if your life is in danger. So if you're going to pull it out at somebody, you're planning on shooting them. Right. This is this is. I mean, it's the same rules the cops have. Don't pull it unless you plan to kill somebody. And and that's really how I look at it as well. Uh, unless you're at the ranch, that's a little different. Oh, that's um, different. That's that's just that's just a that's just a fun time, is all that is. The and here's the other thing, okay. And this is the biggest thing I can tell you, okay, um, dear listeners. And I, I know, I know, everywhere there are well-meaning people, and there's there's and, and Buana and I have a big pet peeve about this, and and he has a theory, and and I'm I don't disagree with it, but. The the 300-pound gorilla in the room is going to be every time somebody tells you that you need to get a, a, a carry concealed or a, a pistol of any kind, there's going to be a word that pops up, and you need to investigate it thoroughly before you buy one, and that is Glock, okay? <laughs> Everyone is going to well-meaning people who don't know anything, all that kind of stuff, and, and they're good, you're going to hear sentences like this, and and they are true, and I'm going to Obi Wan Kenobi it here from a certain point of view, okay? You know, my husband, my father, my brother, my whatever was a police officer, was in the military or whatever, and they say that they're FBI, whatever it is, and they say that the only thing they train and and carry is a Glock. And that may be true. However, a couple of things. One, everybody, including you, is different. And while a Glock is a fantastic firearm, and it may be the best thing for you, you don't know. Okay? It may not be. Jake and I are very different people. And this is why, and we, and you, and so are you, and you carry in a different place, and you live in a different place, and you have different experiences, and you have different hands, and different skills, and different education. That's why there are hundreds or thousands of choices for this. And, but, but, but see, the, and it's even just above and beyond that. You, you really, in the process of deciding to conceal carry a fire, or, or just carry a fire, whether you're concealing or not. You have a million different choices that you have to make through this process, and they are all life-saving choices. You have to decide where on your body you're going to carry. You have to decide what appendix you're carry. Going to carry. Uh, it, but, 
I don't. But at the same time, you know, uh, you, what size what size firearm are you going to carry? What caliber are you going inside to carry? or outside of waistband? Uh, you know, I, I am actually somewhat lucky in the fact that I'm a 300 pound fat man. Um, that I have no problem concealing just about any firearm whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can get away with the, uh, the the thing I saw earlier today that I think I shared with you, which was the guy who was appendix carrying a Desert Eagle. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. I don't have that. Uh, that's more than I could do. <laughs> but uh, but Shit, my same... pants would fall off. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but at the same time, so so there are things to to consider. Again, not only are you um, you, you deciding uh, whether or not you're carrying appendix, whether or not you're going to carry one side, whether or not you're going to carry the other side, whether or not you're going to carry a shoulder holster, an ankle holster. Uh, there are things that you need to investigate. There are things that you need to try. There are things that you need to consider because they are going to be important. Yeah, they're going to matter. And just the blanket statement, get a Glock, which is what everyone is going to tell you. That may work for you. But even then, let's say it, let's just say it did. Now you got to look at what caliber. Is it a double stack? Is it a single stack? What are you going to do? You know, there, there are, there are, like Jake said, there's a million different options and there's a million different decisions that you need to make. And quite honestly, I don't know anyone and i do mean anyone who isn't hasn't actively been carrying it for a very long time and had to do this unless you've already had to do this and you've had an active shooter situation where you've done this and you're like nope this works for me you don't know the answer to this when you start uh my wife carried a duty weapon for 20 some odd years um she carried a glock as a matter of fact, uh, the same Glock that I fitted to different stuff. My father had it for a long time. It's back in the house now. Um, she hates that gun. Hated it when she bought it. Hated it when she carried it. Hated it when she had to qualify with it. Hated it. Okay. Um, she doesn't like it. She never did. But that's what everybody, because she was in law enforcement, told her that she needed. Um, the first time she pulled the slide on a walther she went oh yeah that's it and she's never she is now a walther girl um she will not carry anything but a walther now because that's what fits her that's what fits her hand that's what she can rack the damn thing she can take the whole thing apart by herself she couldn't do that with the glock um my sister oh oh i will also tell you one thing about glocks uh as easy as they are to dismantle the moment you're in the store and tell a customer it's really easy, let me show you how, you, you no won't. longer can dismantle it. Yeah, you will no longer be able to do that. <laughs> I find that just in general when I say, oh, no, it's simple. Here, watch this. It is. It hangs. Something <laughs> goes wrong with whatever you're demonstrating. Uh, my sister, for instance, um, good example. Uh, she is 6'1". Uh, she's a tall girl. Uh, she, uh, she's, uh, she's a Texas girl, born and bred. Uh, loves deer, has like eight deer rifles, uh, has several shotguns, all that kind of stuff. The pistol she likes to carry is a Smith & Wesson M&P Shield Easy. Because that's what she can shoot. And she I, loves I, it. I think they discontinued the shields. They did. That's kind of like amazing. Because that was the most popular concealed carry firearm 
for years. Yeah. And the and the one they're replacing it with looks like the EZs. It's because it it is an EZ. <laughs> The CSX, I think it is. I love the way no, no, it looks. No, no, no. They, they've actually got one that's got the uh, the grip safety in it, and, and oh, all really? That, that looks looks like the EZs, but it's it's shield size, and they're calling it their new micro compact. I, look, I I think you know I never liked them. Uh, I love the the way the CZ, uh, CSX looks. I love it. I think it looks sharp as hell. Well, the um, CSX is a basically a small 1911 type. Yeah, it looks neat. Um, there's, I mean, and I still think you'll enjoy the Sig more. Probably, uh, you know, the one I'm excited about. I, I laughed at it when it first came out, and of course now I kind of want one, which is the P365 380. You'll probably love it. I'll probably dig it, you know, but, uh, but again, I'll get these guns and I'll play with them and all that kind of thing. But I found the one I'm going to carry, and and once you find that, and you're like, this is what I carry. Um, it's weird because you don't. Uh, when you find one that you're like, ah, that's it. Uh, there's no more question after that. You're like, no, this is what I carry, and I can tell you every reason I carry it. Not like, well, I got this, and it's okay, and I like this about it, and I like that about it. It's there's there's a difference because when you find it, you will know because it's like, oh. This solves all the problems that I'm having. This is all the things that I want. And and it and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what that solution is. If it's what works for you, it's what works for you. Right? There's nobody who can come along and tell you, well, that's stupid. No, it's not. <laughs> if it works, you know, well, why do you carry that? Well, I can hold it. That's a big plus. Uh, two, I can actually hit things with it. Three, you know. Like, you go through the list, it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense for you. That's why there's a, a, a thousand different types of of guns out there for this. Uh, because all of these are slightly different and answer different questions for you or, or provide different solutions. One of the best things that you can do to save yourself some money is to find a uh, a gun range that will rent you for uh, different handguns. Yeah, find a, re- a reputable range. Tell them what you're doing. Look, I'm trying to figure this out. This is what I'm trying to do. I, I you know, I'm looking at these kind of things just to kind of see where it sits. You know, a, a lot of them, especially if they're a reputable uh, range or or club or whatever it is, uh, will be able to help you. Oh, you know, have you thought of this? You know, you might like this. Why don't it, you try that? And the and the easiest way to tell that you're in the wrong place is when somebody just hands you a firearm and says that's what you want. Right. What you're looking for is the guy who or or girl who's going to hand you one, show you how it functions, and then says, "Go try a box on this one. When you're done, come on back. I'll show you something else." Yeah. Oh, they get really excited about it too. Ooh, you might like this. Now, now it's sort of like that, but. These are the things that make it different, and, and and tell me which one you like better. Let's see let's see what path. Oh, yeah, you like that one better, didn't you? Well, here's why I think that is. Let's test that by doing another one. It'll it'll function kind of like that, but it's 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 lower the you know it's lower bore axis, it's lower this, you know it's it's a little smaller. The grip's a little thinner. All of that stuff is is exactly the kind of of feedback and input that you want. The just get a Glock, you know, or no. This is what you have to have. No, it's not. Anybody who says that is not thinking. 
you know, and, or and and the other part about this, because Sean and I have both laughed at each other for having done this more times than we can count and spent more money than we'd admit to our wives on, mm. is the gun that you are absolutely fascinated with. Damn it! Yeah, I know exactly what you're you going to say. <laughs> purchase, knowing that it is the best thing for you on the face of the earth, and on the first round you go. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I hate this. I really hate I have made a horrible, horrible mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know, like after you've been shooting for it, you know on the first round that comes out of the gun, like, oh, man, I'm never going to get my money back out of this. Because <laughs> you know, it doesn't even take you a magazine. Normally, it's like the first shot. You're like, crap. You'll take the second and third and fourth, hoping that you just get <laughs> it gets wrong better. <laughs> it never does. Uh, but conversely, when you find it, when you hit it and go, "Holy crap!" And in the first and the second and the third and the fourth, and you're just trying—it's like the first version of the Matrix. You're trying to wake up from it because it's just running perfect. You'll run across that. I hope you all run across that one day. Because it's a it's a sublime experience, and you're like, oh, this is it. This is this is what I thought it would be. Um, I can do that with shotguns pretty easily now. I know like what I want and how it's set up and what's going to work for me and what doesn't. Pistols and pistols are the hardest thing. You wouldn't think so. It's the exact reverse of what you'd think, right? Rifles and shotguns, long guns are actually pretty easy to know what you're going to do deal well with and what you're not. Because the actions are different and the styles are different and you hold them, you know, and you've got four points of contact with with the firearm. So you kind of you can kind of feel it, you know, and, you know, and the trigger is less important. It's not that it's not important, but it's less important. Handguns are the most difficult to pin down and the, the most deceptive when it comes to what you think you're going to like versus what actually works for you. And you I mean, like. I mean, think about it. Think about where you started with handguns. Would you really think that Beretta was where you'd end up? Absolutely not. Oh, now, for sure I, now, not. Now, the worst part about it is now the part that bugs me with mine is the fact that I started where I should have <laughs> you and had to full circle. circle around back to it. Um, but, but but at the same time, just just thinking about what you liked as far as firearms, would you have thought the Beretta was where you're going to end up? Oh no, no. In fact, I'd never have liked. I didn't like. I didn't want the Beretta 92 because I thought it was too big, and it was too big for what I wanted to do with it, which was concealed. However, once I shot it, and I held teeny tiny groups, which for me is very unusual. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, this is really easy to shoot. And my dad's like, yeah, dummy, why do you think it was a military gun? It's very easy to shoot. It's very easy to do this and all that kind of stuff. And I love the controls and I love that. And I'm like, I need this just smaller. And my dad was like, well, that's great, son. It's 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 called a cheetah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, it is one of these shrunk down. And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, as it turns out, the single stack cheetah, not the double stack, but the single stack cheetah is proportionately exactly like a double stack 9mm 92 or M9. And it just, for me, just lays in my hand and, and all those great things, but I'd have never pegged 
five years ago, three years ago, hey, Sean, you're a Beretta guy. Never would have got there. Um, it, it, it's, it, but, I, and in fact, I am. I, I, you know, anything, anything I look at now is I love their trigger systems. I love the way they lay them out. I love all the features on them. I, I'm a Beretta guy. Jake is a sick guy. That's those statements take a lot of money and more. But, like but there, like you say, that's there is that side brand that both of us really, really like. HK. HK. Yeah. HK. Yeah. <laughs> they are God awful expensive. Oh, they're so expensive. Oh, they're so expensive. So worth it. But so expensive. Like I couldn't afford to like outfit all my stuff to HK. But God, is it? They're so nice. They're so nice. The um, German variety. Oh, the German varietals are sexy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, neither one of us carry one, but oh, they're so sexy. <laughs> I'd, I'd cry if I had to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 terrible, you know. Um, but I, you have to you have to shop that around. You really do. You have to you have to do some education you have to shoot you have to shoot a lot and you're going to have to put your hands on a lot of guns and um you have to fire them just holding them in the store is not going to be enough because lots of stuff is cool and comfortable in the store you have to feel what it's like on your body you have to feel what it's like with the recoil you have to feel like okay how does this reload how does this say you know how does this weapon safe how does this weapon eject uh what what issues does it have every firearm has one okay every firearm has issues are these issues i can deal with are these issues that are going to be a problem for me in the scenarios in which I am envisioning using it. Uh, there's there's all of that stuff. There's a million decisions, just like Jake says, that you're going to have to do and and understand fully to, to progress further to the next decision. All I can tell you is this for sure. When you get it right, you will both feel it, and you will be able to noticeably understand why that firearm is significantly better than the other things you've tried, held, shot, or bought before that. Um, the other issue is, and in Jake and Mai's case, um, at least, that issue or that, that firearm is not going to be cheap. Uh, well, <laughs> at least, hey, at least actually, in our case, it wasn't. Actually, for the, for the most part, I'm, I... There are some brands out there that are less expensive these days that are uh, quality firearms. That 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 yep. really hasn't always been the case. No, it has not. Um, Taurus actually makes that they actually make what was uh, uh, decided to be the firearm of the year last year or handgun of the year, uh, which is the GX4, which mm-hmm. is a concealed carry firearm uh, that is. Uh, not exactly what I would like to carry for myself, but is a quality, inexpensive, concealed carry firearm. Uh, but that being said, especially with the uh, the way just the, the economy is at the moment, handguns are not inexpensive. One of the main reasons why I haven't purchased one in a while. Um, they're they're just not inexpensive at this point in life. Um. They're not, and uh, you know I have a G3 in the house um, as as kind of an auxiliary house backup gun, and I got to tell you, it is super super impressive as far as 
honest, reliable, inexpensive nine millimeter. Um, yeah. It it eats everything. It has zero problems. It's it's very accurate and all that stuff. No, it's not my carry gun. One because it's too big, and two because it's nine millimeter. I don't shoot it as well as the Beretta. The Beretta, and it's not. It doesn't have an external manual safety. Um, however, I can tell you this: um, once you decide on whatever it is, and, and you're like, okay, this is it. This is what works. This is what you know meets all the things. You like spend the money, get the good holster, get the extra max, put in the range time, do the education, get don't get the cut rate one, get the one that that you know is reliable. And and there actually is one thing you'll hear people talk about it all the time, and you'll think to yourself, it can't be really that big of a deal. It really surprisingly enough is, and I only figured it out when I finally did it right for myself. Um. Get a really good belt. <laughs> you would be surprised, <laughs> very shocked, even <laughs> how much of a difference that's going to make. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. <laughs> you, take you, it for you, what it's worth. <laughs> you need a really solid belt if you're going to do this. Uh, double ply leather, metal core, if you're willing to go for it. Especially uh, if you have a metal framed handgun. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't uh, have to do that. I'm just saying yeah. if you have a metal frame handgun, you, you might need some. I, I I tried to deny that for a very long time until I finally went ahead and spent some money on a really good leather belt and went, damn it, I was wrong. <laughs> do not get a cut rate holster. <laughs> get. A good holster that is made for your gun, that is of the securing method and stability that you find acceptable. Okay? Um, Don't skimp on the holster. Uh, Also, everyone's going to tell you it's the last holster you're ever going to buy. They lie. No, I, I, any 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 person who carries a firearm has a drawer full of holsters. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's my ankle holster. Well, that's my belt holster. Oh, that's my inside the belt holster. Well, that's that's well, that's the holster if I'm going to carry an extra mag in the holster because I and I don't want to carry the extra mag holster. Well, oh, well, no, that or, one's or, the brown or, one. I have a black even, one too. Or even just the those are all Kydex holsters. They all look the same. What's the difference? Oh, ye of little faith. Have a seat. Let me show you. Yeah. Holsters with firearms are like, and I hate to make this analogy, but it is, in fact, sort of true, like women in shoes. Okay? They may all look the same. They are not all made the same, and they all have different functions. (laughs) Yes. All the shoes, in, in fact, do go on your feet, but that is where the similarity ends. All the holsters do, in fact, contain your gun, but that's where the similarity ends. Okay? It is, it's wildly different. Um, we hope that helps. Uh, we hope that, uh, I, I mean, because you are really going to, the long way around saying, like, you are going to have to, to do a lot of research oh, and work. Actually, I'll also throw this out there, and I'm sure Sean's going to agree with me on this one, because we will just enjoy the hell out of your journey and ride. As you try different things, please email us and tell us what you tried, what you thought of it, how it worked out for you. God, yeah. Um, Whoa, we'd uh, love to see that. We'd love to hear it because we went through it ourselves and had really a good time both cheering each other on and laughing our asses off at each other. I guarantee you, you're going to make less missteps than we did. 
All right. Okay, you have to. You have to. Right? I've gone through five or six guns in three years, dude. Like you're gonna make less reset missteps than I did. <laughs> That's gonna make me cry if we're really talking about how many I've been through. <laughs> I meant that actually made it to my hip, not that I bought. Oh, okay. For concealed, yeah, no, yeah, my sure. the no, no, the no, actual no. bought because I thought it might be good to to do that with is much higher. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, I, I had a period of time in which I was uh, working in a firearm store for store credit and was able to buy at dealer cost. So. Oh, yeah, no, your body count's way hard, mine is. <laughs> uh, uh, well, guys, you know what? We are going to close this one down. We hope that at least it was somewhat educational or somewhat enlightening, amusing, whatever it is, that our, our journeys have been laid bare as far as the concealed carry that Jake and I choose. Uh, yours is going to be different. And we'd love to hear what your concealed carry solutions are. Uh, I know every one of you will have a different firearm and a different solution and have come to those reasons for different scenarios uh, in, in doing the same thing that we're doing. So we'd love to hear what that is. Uh, you can email us uh, once again, hawksiguns.com at gmail.com and uh, we'd love to hear your story we'd love to hear what you guys have going on or what your concealed carrier is what your what your new favorite is, uh, gun is what you're most excited about for 2023 as far as the firearms you want to get or or the ones you already have or what you want to do with them love to hear some stories from you guys hawkseyeguns at gmail.com until next time, I think we got one more uh, for the end of the year. It's just kind of a, a quick cast that we're doing right before January, and we will be into 2023 and awaiting the SHOT Show. You guys take it easy, and we will talk to you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>